Hey friends, welcome to Around the Campfire with Amy. It's season two where I'll be joined by my friend and co-host, Anne. It's no secret the best stories have always been shared around a campfire. We'll have a conversation with our guests, campfire style, leaving you inspired, encouraged, and glad you pulled up a stump to listen in. So grab your favorite campfire beverage, kick back and relax, and we'll stoke the fire. Hello, friends. Welcome to a special Christmas version of Around the Campfire with Amy and Anne. You don't usually hear from us this time of year. We're usually, you know, enjoying our Christmas break just like you guys are, but we love Christmas and we wanted to share that with you. We wanted to share some things that make Christmas great, some things that make Christmas challenging, and then end with a really special story. So here we are. I'm Anne. And I'm Amy, and we are so happy you are here. We we couldn't not connect with you guys, our listening family, over Christmas. We didn't feel like. And we needed to talk about, we need to have a real conversation about real Christmases. Are you game, Anne? I'm so game, Amy. <laughs> so right. listen, I know the secret about you. Well, it's not a secret. You love Hallmark movies and you may or may not have an expectation of a Hallmark Christmas. That that is correct. Like, I don't know why it makes me feel so happy inside when I see the businesswoman walking on the Christmas tree lot and she bumps into the guy who she dated long ago and And she hates falling out. Yes, yes, yes. She's very angry with him. But I need to know how they get together at the end. So I will watch every single one, no matter how cheesy. You know what? I actually, I don't know. I don't expect a Hallmark Christmas, but I do have to tell you about a Hallmark movie is that I always watch them when I'm at my mom's house and I was there about a month ago and there was one that ended and I had to leave before the end. And I'm actually really dying to know what happens, even though <laughs> I full well know what happens. <laughs> yes, yes. They get you. It's why they're, they're a success. Let's be honest. Seriously. It's why everyone. And you know what I figured out about the Hallmark movies? Okay. You may know this because your husband is in production. But you know when they like show the outside of the diner or whatever, you can tell like it's a picture of a real diner, but they have like new words over it. Oh, sure. You know, like, I can't even think of an example, but you know, like Mama Sue's diner or whatever. It's not really the name of the diner. They placed it over that. Have you noticed that? I've noticed that. Yeah. Sometimes they make these movies in a hurry. That's fine. Yeah, exactly. They crank (laughs) them out, man, because they make some money. (laughs) Okay. So so let's talk about things we love about Christmas. Okay. Things I love about Christmas family. Yes. Love to be around family. And as a matter of fact, I have learned over the years that the more family you have around at Christmas, sometimes the more fun, I think it really depends on what you started with, like what you grew up with. And then if there's in between, but for me, looking back on some of my childhood Christmases, I really, at the time I thought I didn't like being around all those people. I didn't know very well and that it wasn't Mm -hmm. awesome. But now when I look back, I'm like, yeah, it's all those people that made it fun. That's so true. And the truth is it wouldn't be family if you didn't have those people who annoy you or who are maybe odd, not like you, like that's what makes 
family, right? It's absolutely right. It's like, you don't know what flavor you're going to get, but you're all there together. Right. Celebrating the same holiday together, eating the same delicious food. Year after year. Yes. Yes. I love it. I agree. Okay. So one of my favorite things is real Christmas trees. Oh. So I grew up with a fake tree all my life. And I'm a nature girl, but I marry this guy who has never had anything but a real tree. And I am like, yes. And so we have had like the largest trees known to mankind in our tiny houses. (laughs) Very uh, Clark Griswold of you. Very Clark Griswold. So much so that we had a cat. Maybe This is maybe the third year we were married. Had a cat, climbed the tree, knocked the tree over. Yes, it happened. That was... (laughs) We had the biggest, most beautiful tree that year that did not fit in our house, but it made me so happy. But also when my kids were little, so we would drive to Colorado, which is where my family, my husband's family's from. They have some land for a few years in a row. We would chop down a tree and put it inside our family van and make the kids ride back for 12 hours. No, you would not. We did with the Christmas tree. so funny. It's has three kids. I could just see these little kids like in their car seats, like with trees yes. all around them. Honestly, that's exactly what it looked like. And oh my gosh. One year they, I, I picked one that had pine cones on it. And every time we would get out to stop to go to the bathroom, I'd be like, don't step on the tree. I don't want my pine cones to fall off. And they all sappy. The kids are all like sticky. Oh, yes. It was ridiculous. The fact that we made our kids do that is ridiculous, but it makes for some great memories. Now we don't do that anymore but we will real tree every single year. Oh, that's funny. So I grew up also with artificial trees and as an adult, I did have some real trees, but I'm not very good at watering them. They'd get real dry and the lights get kind of annoying to put on. Yes. So it's it's a labor of love. It is. It is. So we have had a fake tree now for several years, but I tell you what, one of my favorite memories as a kid with a Christmas tree, and I think this is very of the baby baby boomer generation, which is my mom, we had tinsel on our tree and my mother silver kind. Yes. And she would meticulously do it strand by strand. And what's so wonderful about it is it reflects all the Christmas lights. And so it like really adds to the dazzle. Oh my goodness. And it was not thrown up there. Like there was no way you could like take a handful and just like throw it at the tree. It was like literally when we were all done decorating, that was mom's time to begin tinseling. Okay. So if it's artificial and you're tinseling the tree, do you have to take every single strand off? Yeah. Yeah, you do. <laughs> yeah. It's insane. But I feel like that, I mean, us growing up, that was a hallmark, uh, hallmark, uh, no pun intended, but of a Christmas was that you had those tinsel on your tree. I remember lots of my friends having that on their tree. Yeah. It was like, it, it came standard. Like, does she do it expected. anymore? No, oh. she does not. Can you even find the tinsel? I was just thinking this, like, like in my mind, going through the aisle at Target and being like, have, or Hobby Lobby. I mean, maybe if you're looking for it, you would find it, but I don't recall seeing it. Yeah. So that is an eighties tree. If do you I, think in like 20 years, it'll come back. 100%. You heard it here first. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Okay. So that makes me think, do you, 
put up a lot of trees in your house. You know, some people have like, oh, they, their parents put up 10 trees oh, or or five trees. Like, do you just do one tree? So first, let me say, I love the idea of multiple trees. Like that, as my kids say, that slaps. <laughs> But that's new. I haven't heard. I haven't heard that slaps. I'm but definitely the time using airs, that tonight. Yeah, it'll be all done. But I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> um. So we have one main tree, and so because I do artificial trees, you know, every five ten years the lights wear out, mm-hmm. and so as I have to replace a tree, I keep the old tree, and that becomes my superfluous tree that I'll do kind of whatever I want with. Yes. Um, there is a really cool tradition that I picked up along the way, maybe like five to seven years ago. And it's the idea of a Jesse tree. Do you know about this? Never heard of it. Do okay, tell. This is super cool. So it tells the story of Jesus through the Bible, beginning with Genesis, God created the world. And then it talks about how Jesus is a branch that came off of the tree of Jesse, who was David, yes. David and Goliath fame, <laughs> David's yes. father. And then it, every day, it's like an advent. Every day, there is a reading that describes the the next part of the Bible that relates to Christ. And there's an ornament that you hang up. Really? And so at the end, I would have a tree with like 26 ornaments and they're all like beautiful white, they're paper, but like pretty nice paper and like kind of tell this whole story. So it really created a tree that was very meaningful. So is this like a kit that you purchase that has all these ornaments? Yeah, it was. Or you could make them yourself. Like I'm sure you could go online and like Google Jesse tree and like find out what all the days are. But I got mine from Ann Voskamp. Oh, yes. Yes. Vosscamp.com. Small plug for Ann Voskamp. (laughs) Interesting. So my main tree, however, we have a tradition in our family where each year we have bought our daughters, I have two daughters, we have bought them an ornament and we try to encourage them to get an ornament that kind of represents something that happened this year or if there was a theme for the year or anything like that. And so as a result, we have a tree that is like all over the place and amazing. Like I love that. I wouldn't have it any other way. Like I love a beautiful Christmas tree, but it's like, I like to look at someone else's. It's just not for me. I I'm with you on that. Anne. I just did the Christmas. Um, our church did a Christmas home tour, which is so fun to me. Cause I love walking through people's houses and seeing how they live. And they did such a good job of picking all these different houses that had completely different decor. And there were some beautiful trees but I mean, I've still got the preschool ornaments on mine. I'm not going to lie. I like, adore those. Handprint reindeer. Like I can't give that up. No. And you know, I used to think, oh, like maybe when my kids grow up, I'll send their ornaments with them. Mm-hmm. No, I'm not doing that. There's like too many memories now. Forget it. They have to start right. their own thing. That's right. I agree. Now I was thinking this year, I, I, we only do one tree. Like it's one tree and it is the same ornaments every year. But I did think this year, Maybe I'll get another tree to put in our front room and make that uber fancy so I can have a fancy tree and an old school tree because I'm not giving up the old school ornament tree. I'm just totally agree. Totally agree. Yeah. Maybe next year. Okay. So what are some other traditions that you guys do? Like, like non-negotiable, we have to do this every single year. Mm. Do you have any? (laughs) 
Well, non-negotiable, huh? Yeah, like non-negotiable. It has like Christmas Eve, you will cram it in because it has to be done the Christmas season. You know, it's so funny. I don't think we have any that are like maybe non-negotiable, but I will share this story and the end has a sad ending. Are you ready? Mm, okay. <laughs> it's not that sad. <laughs> Amy gave me a very empathetic sound. So I just wanted to tell you guys it's not that sad, but okay. here it is. So in preschool, my girls preschool did this fundraiser and it's butter braids. Oh, I yes. I that someone listening knows what butter braids are. I have bought a butter braid. I'm not going to lie. Yes. So we started buying butter braids every year, like two, three, four, like they're so stinking delicious. You take them out the night before you let them rise. You put them in the oven in the morning and yes. the drizzle over. It's ridiculous. We have had butter braids every year, really? probably for 14 or 15 years. Do you have a butter braid this year? Amy, <gasps> I do not. And a butter braid. Well, we moved to South Carolina, right? And so I don't know where all the fundraisers are. (laughs) And last year, Jeff, like, I don't even know how he did it, but he found like the butter braid dude and tracked him down. Like we didn't even buy it as part of a fundraiser. I don't know. Like Jeff's really good talking to people. So my guess is he just like convinced him, like, obviously these people have to have butter braid. Right. Anyway, well, this year, I guess, I don't know. We got busy or who knows what, but really- we don't have butter braid. I'm a little scared. So I was yes. looking up butter braid recipes. Listen, <gasps> for you who are like, you could make stuff like I could cook and I could bake, but I feel like pastry is like a whole different level. Yeah, it is. You're right. Amy, I'm real scared. This recipe, I don't know. And don't you know have to do it. it. You do I have to try? The, you have to, because you can't let the butter braid tradition die like that would it would end with you because you were too scared to make a butter braid (laughs) that's right you know what I'm gonna try you have convinced me I will try good I'm so glad no pressure I mean here I am I love to cook but I'm definitely not working with yeast so right good luck to you isn't that so funny that's kind of our non-negotiable and we also go to church like we go to church usually on Christmas Eve Mm-hmm. And even though like we may go to a different service time or, you know, here lately, a different church, right. I just feel like it always sets the tone for like what I want. Uh, hopefully we as a family want the Christmas season to be about like we're, you know, the gifts are a bonus, but that yes. is not why our family celebrates Christmas. I agree. I agree. Okay, your non-negotiables are what? Oh my word. Well, so we've had this problem. We have these movies we watch every year. Mm-hmm. Always Christmas Vacation. Yes. We usually watch all three Santa Claus. We have to watch Elf. But here's, there are so many now. The Holiday, we just watched that last night. But I'm like, listen, I have teenagers. They're all three not home at the same time ever. Let's be uh-huh. honest. I'm like, guys, we can't watch all of these movies every year. So like, we're like trying to cram in hours of movie watching. Mm the week of Christmas because we think we have to watch all these Christmas movies. So I'm actually this year going, listen, like if we watch it, we watch it. If we don't, we don't. The one non-negotiable will be Elf. Uh, that oh, is love Elf. Christmas Eve every single year. Even if some, some Christmas Eves in the past, we've always spent time with my family. And even if they stay to like nine or 10, we have to stay up and watch Elf. <laughs> So good. <laughs> Which for the early, but early to betters like myself, it makes it's it a little rough. rough. 
Yeah. So I think maybe you, you like stick with the classics. I think maybe any movie made after 2005 or 10, like it's out, like, sorry. I love that idea. Like you got to do white Christmas. Oh my gosh. I love white Christmas. I mean, that's actually my youngest daughter's favorite Christmas movie. And I had maybe only seen bits of it before, like, let's say five years ago. I'm so embarrassed to say this all, but it's true. Well, I mean, it's a long movie. It It is a long movie and there's a lot of music, but the more you watch it like this, it's the more into it you get. And I love it. it. It's so beautiful. And Bing Crosby, like who is our modern day Bing Crosby? I would really like to find him because his voice is like butter. I mean, I feel like Harry Connick was that for a while. But Michael Buble, maybe mm, like he's awesome. Yeah. It's like that buttery. Yes. I agree. Like when you hear them sing, it just takes you back. Yes. That is the best. Okay. Okay, Okay. I want White Christmas. White Christmas. We'll have to do that one for sure. Yeah. I want to hear if something has ever gone terribly awry in one of your Christmases. <laughs> I don't think it has gone terribly awry in all honesty. Like, I think that overall in the time that I've been an adult and hosting my own Christmases, I think I try to like, on one hand, go all out, but I don't always expect it to work. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Like, I'll try new recipes I've never done before. Mm-hmm. I'll do all kinds of stuff. And I think I could be pretty chill about it, but I think that's my personality. But I could tell you like from a kid, there was a gone wrong Christmas. And that was, so my parents were divorced. And so, and we lived like eight to 12, no, actually like 16 hours apart, right? And wow. so we would divide like who had me and my sister on Christmas day. And right. a couple of times we actually had to travel from one parent's house to the other on Christmas day. Uh, and so we're driving through rural Wyoming and Colorado uh, on Christmas day. And can I tell you like how much is available to eat uh, or like, <laughs> it's terrible. It's like you're at a truck stop. Having- that is terrible. Yes. yes. So yes. I would say like, those are, I don't know if those are gone wrong, but those are like womp womp. Is this really Christmas? Yes. Yes. I can feel that for sure. Yeah. I don't know that we had anything that was terrible. I do remember one year my mom, um, put the wrong names on the Christmas presents. (gasps) So like I opened my sister's and my sister opened mine. And then we kind of got annoyed. We're like, mom, how can you write the wrong? I mean, we gave her zero grace. We were so annoyed, but I'm not going to lie. Like when I became a mom, I get it. Like, I understand why she put the wrong names on the gifts. Because sometimes you're wrapping all of the gifts on Christmas Eve. This and you just. <laughs> so, mom, I know you're listening. I'm really, I give you grace now for writing the wrong names <laughs> on those presents. Have now, you ever I, lost a present, Amy? Like, you know, you got a kid something and you're like, where is it? Like, you've hidden it so well. You cannot find it. <laughs> So I haven't remembered, but later I have found it and been like, well, crap, that was for Christmas. And I've just handed it to my kid. So funny. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's fun being a parent at Christmas time, but it's rough because you're juggling a lot of balls and you're trying, like, I think we have talked about this recently, how it's not really a parent's job to make Christmas magical. Mm -hmm. However, I don't think I agree with that. You think that it is? Who else is going to do it? And I delight in making it magical. Like, are you yeah. serious? Like childhood is 
a short time. So it's like, if without putting yourself to the point of exhaustion or Mm -hmm. like a breakdown or something like that, if you could do a little bit more and make it magical, like why not? I agree. And you know, I'm going to say an unpopular opinion and I don't know if we're going to lose some listeners over this or not. I hope not. But the truth is the, the world is a cruel place. And I think there's nothing wrong with letting your kids believe in Santa, because I honestly don't know of anyone who has been sent to therapy because their parents told them there was a Santa and there wasn't. Now I'm not a therapist, but I don't, I, I just wonder, has anybody gone? You say this, listen, you say this before, you know, what our family does about Santa. Oh my word. I did. Okay. Now listen. Okay. So we did not do Santa in the traditional way. Oh my word. We had always told our kids, listen, we got to put a warning on this episode. We do. You're right. I was thinking that. Yeah. Okay. So that's like side note, but okay. Okay. So we did not do the traditional Santa. We told our kids it was fun. It's a game. We still had like Santa gifts. We still had stockings, but, um, I once heard a children's pastor say to me, we tell our kids that the Easter buddy is real and he's not, we tell him that the tooth fairy is real and he's not, we tell them that Santa is real and he's not. And we tell them that Jesus is real and he is. And so as a result, we have mm. never told our kids any of those things are real. We just play. So yes. I know some people that's like, you guys are no fun. We've actually had a lovely time. And um, I think the 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 reason behind it also is that our kids know we don't lie to them. Right. That's, that feels mean. I'm sorry. but <laughs> No, it's not mean. I appreciate your perspective. I really do. And I hope this is an example to people that Anne and I will remain the best of friends, Absolutely. even though we 100% disagree on Santa. Because... I'm going to write this disagreement <laughs> down, Amy. Just not right. agree on Santa. Because I just think <laughs> of how much fun it was for me and for my kids. But I mean, that's the beauty, I think, of Christmas. Every family is different and you all get to choose and it doesn't make one right or wrong, but you build your own family traditions because you can, you know? Yes. And that is the beautiful thing is that you get to keep maybe what your family of origin did and bring what you liked into yours or just leave it all and start something new. Right. I think there's, people should feel a lot of freedom in that and not feel beholden to doing something just because it's always been done. Mm-hmm. I agree 100% that there is one non-negotiable that I know that Anne and I agree on. And that is why we celebrate Christmas. Yes. So we have a treat today. We're going to end this episode with Anne reading the Christmas story from the Bible. And, and this is super special to me because... My granddad Thompson, every Christmas Eve, would read the Christmas story. And it wasn't Christmas until he did. And so my granddad Thompson is not here anymore. And so I'm passing the baton to Anne. And so if you all have not ever heard the Christmas story, I hope that you would just sit back, close your eyes, and maybe listen to this. And this is not pretend. (laughs) 
This, this is the real, this is, we say story, but this is a recording of the truth. And so with that, I am honored to share with you Luke 2, the birth of Jesus. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place when Quirinius was governor of Syria, and everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will be cause for great joy for all people today. In the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angels, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told to them about the child, and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told.